The Holy Gospel according to John, chapter 10. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple, in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, I know them and they know me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else and no one can snatch it out of my Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. When I was thinking about this sermon, I was thinking about a lot of different things. I was almost thinking about a novel called Glory Day and the Tale of the Chaplain. I was thinking of my history in this congregation. And then I was thinking about channeling my 32-year-old daughter, Elizabeth. Some of you remember her when she was in this congregation when she was in 5th through 12th grade. She is my drama queen. She was, she was also my playwright, so I thought, well, she can write a play. And then I thought maybe that would fall short. So here I go. I joined Glory Day in the January of 1997 when I came here to be the chaplain, the Lutheran chaplain, at the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. I came here to visit those patients who identified themselves as Lutheran. So I've had the opportunity for over 22 years to visit those people. And you know that people come to university hospitals not because they have a hangnail, but they come here because they have things much more serious, things such as brain bleeds and cancer and trauma and burns and things that they don't really know what's going on. And they come here not just from Iowa City, but from all over the Midwest and all over the world. And I work closely with pastors, and that's one of the most precious part of what I do, is that I am a ministry of the church. Pastors call me with referrals from their parishioners saying, I have Joe Smith who is here at university hospitals. Can you visit them? I can't come. It's five hours. Could you visit them? Tell them that we're thinking about them. And if it's okay, could you call me back and let me know what's going on with them? And if I visit somebody here from their congregation and that person would like me to contact them, and I'll say, sure, I'll be happy to call you back if that person says it's okay. And in 2000, my husband, Ed, who is also a pastor, 
became a pastor at Gloria Day at uh, St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Cedar Rapids. So I then became an associate member of Gloria Day, which meant I kind of became a less uh, frequent attender of Gloria Day. So whenever I would come back here to worship, <laughs> there was always somebody who said, oh, hello, are you a visitor? <laughs> I was ready to. <clears throat> All right, well, anyhow, um, so that was kind of fun. So I kind of had two congregations, uh, Gloria Day and, uh, and St. Andrew. And what was interesting in that time, too, is that I was also doing some work at New Song Episcopal Church. They did not have a priest at the time, so they asked me to come and celebrate Holy Communion for them, which I was able to do for about, so for about two and a half years. I did that once a month. So actually I was tri-congregational. So that was very fun to do that. So in, Octo in October of 2004, the funding for this Lutheran chaplaincy position at University Hospitals decided that they would no longer financially support this position. And that in the beginning of January 1st, 2005, Essentially, this Lutheran chaplaincy position would no longer be there. It would no longer exist. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That week, there was a conference pastors meeting a meeting of pastors from Iowa City and Muscatine and places around there. And so I shared with them the situation. And there was an uproar. And the pastor said, wait a minute. We can't let that, that happen. We can't let this Lutheran chaplain position go away. We need you there. We need there to be a Lutheran chaplain at university hospitals. So the word got around, the word got to the synod office, and although the synod office couldn't give us any money, the bishop said, we will give a synod bishop assistant and have her to be the one to kind of oversee the process of meetings and determining, determining what we're going to do. So there was a series of meetings, about 25 people all told, met in a series of meetings to determine what to do. And it was determined to start a new nonprofit organization called Lutheran Chaplaincy Outreach, which was incorporated in March of 2005. And so since that time, this organization has been operating with the board of directors and has been receiving funds from congregations, individuals, and organizations. And as I look back and I think of that long period of time that we've been in operation, that it's been possible for there to continuing to have this Lutheran chaplains at the University of Iowa hospitals. And how people around, particularly Iowa, have seen the need to have a Lutheran chaplain presence at University of Iowa hospitals. 
No money is received from any synod. No, many, no money is received from the hospital. And so I thank Gloria Day, who has been so very good at giving money for this position. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving that money. But Gloria Day has also been interesting in, in other ways because Gloria Day has also given in different ways. You've been kind of the home base for, for uh, Lutheran Chaplaincy Outreach. This has been the place where we have stored a bunch of brochures and other things when we first got started. We've held meetings here. Pastor Carl was the first president, and we've had a number of other members who have been part of the board of directors. And a little note, we are looking for some local people to be on that board. We have now local people from other places, but we need some local folks to be on that board of directors. And this very address, 123 East Market Street, is the mailing address for Lutheran Chaplaincy Outreach. So we thank Annie for being the one who receives our mail and puts our mail in our mailbox. So Gloria Day, thank you so much for being part of Lutheran Chaplaincy Outreach. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So in 2014, my husband, husband retired. So I came back here and people, so I joined Gloria Day and people said, joining Glory D. I thought you were always a member. So I can't figure that out. So, but you'll never see um, Ed here because he's an interim pastor, so he does his thing other places. So in 2014 to 16, I had the opportunity uh, to be a visitation pastor here. It was kind of an interesting thing because I not only did visitation, but I preached and did some teaching and, and I was able to do a baptism and a funeral and a wedding and confirmation and do those pastoral things that I didn't get a chance to do at the hospital. I was grateful to, for that time because I was able to do those things, but they were on top of what I did at the hospital. So it was a very busy time. On Easter evening, 2015, I planned a healing service for Pastor Rob who was going into yet another surgery on that Tuesday for his glioblastoma. Folks were up to the rail for laying out of hands. A couple of folks didn't come up, so I had to come back down and do that laying out of hands. I was on the side of the altar, and I had to come back down and, and do that laying out of hands. And so I came up around well, I didn't come up around that step, but I kind of hit the step and ended up on the floor. And those of you who were here remember that collective gasp that people do. And there was suddenly a bunch of people around me, like uh, physician uh, Jim Gardner and, and dentist uh, Greg Maxwell, who was checking my teeth. <laughs> weeks later, he really confessed to me what he was doing. He wasn't checking my teeth. He was checking my 
He was making sure that I hadn't hit my head or I hadn't passed out. Uh, my husband Ed was there. Nurse Sarah Fink Clifton was there. A bunch of other people were up there. I figured I was going to stay on the floor the rest of my life because I was not going to be able to get up. But a bunch of people got me up and, and uh, Deacon Pam got ice and they said, well, should we finish the service? And I said, no, i got to finish it. So we finished the service. Oh, by the way, this is really interesting. Um, physician Phyllis Chang, who was not a member of this church, who was a, a, a wrist surgeon, <laughs> was at the service. So she examined me in the front pew after the service. She said, well, I think you should go to the emergency room. Yeah, really? Um, so it was broken. And so we dealt with the broken wrist for about a year and a half. And, um, but uh, it was just an interesting thing. But um, it was a blessed time. So you see the, those black railings going up to the altar? Um, those are, are because of, uh, in honor of me. <laughs> I am grateful for this community of faith, uh, for this community of faith that has supported me and loved me and nurtured me and uplifted me. The Lord is my shepherd. Roger, not Pastor Roger. Now this is a true story. The names and places of all these stories are, are changed. I knew Roger because he had a chronic illness. He was in and out of the hospital. We had a lot of conversations. He had a chronic illness that kept him away from church. And one day, we had a conversation about that and about how empty he was because he wasn't able to go to church, how lonely he felt because he wasn't connected to a faith community. He actually lived two blocks from the Lutheran church. And he could never be certain how his physical symptoms would be on a Sunday morning. So he never could really be certain if he could go to church. Since I knew the pastor of that congregation, I offered to call that pastor to tell him about Roger and to maybe connect the two of them. Roger said that would be a good idea. So I called the pastor and told him about Roger, and, and the pastor said, sure, I'll contact Roger and, and arrange for a visit with Roger. A few weeks later, one of my chaplain colleagues called me and said, there's a patient who wanted me to visit, wanted to thank me. And so I didn't know who that might be, so I went into the room, and alas, it was Roger. And Roger went over and over again and said, thank you so much for calling that pastor. That pastor visited me and invited me to worship, and I, I was able to go to worship, and it was wonderful. And I've been able to go to the men's Bible study and, and, and a few community dinners. And I made some new friends. And I'm not able to go every Sunday, but when I'm not able to go, the pastor brings me Holy Communion. And I really feel like I've found my home again. 
really found my community. I really have that peace. That peace being with those fellow believers. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. One afternoon, I got a call from one of my pastor partners. He had a four-year-old parishioner, Stevie, who was being transferred to university hospitals. He didn't know, they didn't know what was going on with Stevie. He was very, very sick. So they were transferring him so that they could figure out what was going on with him. The pastor wanted me to visit Stevie on their behalf to find out what was going on with Stevie and to call the pastor back if that was appropriate. The pastor told me about Stevie. He was a precocious, personable child who loved to go to worship, who loved to worship and pray and sing, to be with all of the other people in worship. Stevie's favorite activity was to go in front of the church and to bring the quarters and put them into that tall plastic tube. Do you remember those? I don't know if you had those here, but it was years ago, it was for world hunger, because there was a wooden stand in this tall plastic uh, tube and people would put quarters in them for world hunger. Well, this congregation would have that tall plastic tube, but each month they would put quarters in that tube for some good thing that to help others. And so Stevie would put his quarters in that tube to help others. But he wouldn't just put his own quarters in there. He would go around to all the other people in the congregation and get everybody else's quarters. Because he knew that the more quarters that he would get, the more those quarters would go higher in that tube, and the more that they would help others. And the pastor told me that that very month, the quarters in that tube were for Lutheran chaplaincy outreach. And I thought it was, what a wonderful opportunity I had to go to thank Stevie for those quarters in that tomb. So I went into that room, and Stevie was cuddled in his mother's arms. And Dad was doing what dads sometimes do. And he was pacing that floor of that room. Because they didn't yet know what was going on with Stevie. And I went into the room and I said, hi, Stevie. How are you? He still had a little bit of a sparkle in his eyes. And I said, I'm the Lutheran Chaplaincy Outreach Chaplain. I want to thank you for those quarters of the two. He had a little bit of a smile. A smile. So after a few days, they figured out what was, what was going on with Stevie. And they did some treatment. He was able to go home. And you know, he was able to go home with a healthier body. But I trust that he was able to go home knowing a little bit more about what the church was about and what those quarters were about. 
what it, what it was about to help others. Even with those little quarters, but those quarters that added up really quickly. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want Yes, I use walking sticks. No, it's not for broken feet. Again, those of you who remember me from years ago remember my broken feet. But it's for axonal peripheral, peripheral neuropathy. Damage to the inside of my nerves in my feet and legs which affect my balance. Now I get around long distances at the hospital using a cool blue electric scooter. Sometimes I get speeding tickets. Sometimes I'm in danger of getting parking tickets. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Sometimes people say that what they see around the hospital gives them perspective on their own difficulties. Susan couldn't talk. She had cancer in her mouth and in her jaw. She was anticipating a 12-hour surgery to remove that cancer and reconstruct her jaw and part of her mouth using parts of her arm and her leg. She was able to talk only through very neat printing on a pad of paper lying on her lap. Susan didn't talk very much about her surgery, but about the energy and grace and courage she has had throughout her life to deal with the many trials she has had to endure. She was animated. She smiled. She gave the thumbs-up sign throughout the conversation. Throughout her faith in God, she knew who, who was in the driver's seat of her life, and that however the surgery went, she would be okay. I left the room uplifted. Susan showed me the light of Christ. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is our shepherd, we shall never, ever want. Alleluia, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, Alleluia. Alleluia. Amen.